The following podcast contains spoilers for Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot and Embrace of the Serpent. Those are long titles, but you have been warned. Welcome back, everybody, to KFR News Radio. This is your host and hostess, uh, Miguel Magusto and <laughs> Glenjamin Button. Which one's the hostess? Well, I guess me. <laughs> <laughs> it's very kind of you, but kind, also kind of given uh, at this point. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, but how you doing, Glenn? Not bad. We had a, a two-week, well, I guess one-week hiatus off, and then we're back this yeah. week. Unplanned, but, uh, but you know things happen. Yep. Some, uh, some things happened, and we're yes. done with those things now. So we're going to get back on the track with these movies and the reviews of them. And, yeah, catching up with those movies. Glenn, in Hello? the two weeks since our last episode, have you seen any movies that are worth noting? Would you be surprised if I said I did? What? What? I mean, not terribly shocked, but I um, when you started saying that, I was gonna, I was expecting you to say you didn't. I was hoping you would think that, honestly. Yeah, yeah you got me. Um, I actually, I only did watch two movies because, obviously, the week hiatus that we were off, there was a little busy boy. But mm-hmm. what I did get to see is I got to see the favorite. Ooh, yeah, that's probably my. No pun intended, it's just the word. Favorite of the Best Picture nominations. Get out of this podcast. Um, Get out. I'm sorry. Leave. I'm sorry. (laughs) What'd you think of the favorite? Just Uh, a quick little review. I enjoyed it. Everybody was great in it. It was was equally funny and equally dramatic. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the costumes and all that, too. Yeah, Caitlin and I went and uh, watched all the Best Picture nominations, um, at least the ones she hadn't seen yet. And uh, I watched The Favorite for a second time and really I, I appreciated it a lot more the second time than the first time. Um, so I'm glad I got to see it a second time. And then uh, my second movie, um, I actually did a Glenn's Day about it way back in the day when we did that YouTube thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Kira was in the, uh, in the present mind that she wanted to see a romantic comedy movie, but mm-hmm. she was looking at my shelf of movies. And I'm sitting there I'm like, all right, listen, <laughs> I... Don't think I can provide too many of those. Yeah, and I thought I showed her this movie at one point, but apparently I didn't, and she loved it. It was about time. About time, and I, I, I had Gleason. a feeling you were going to talk about that one. That one's a great movie. Uh, Rachel McAdams, uh, Domino Gleason, Ben Nighy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a great, great yeah, it's movie. Like, it's like my fifth or sixth time watching it. I love that movie. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. I cry every time. Right at the end of the movie. Every time. Every time. Oh, wow. You could thank Bill Nye for that. 60% of the time, every time? <laughs> thank you, Paul Rudd. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I saw, you know, a number of movies. Actually, not that much for me. Uh, I think... Did I ever talk about the death of Stalin last time? I, I'll be I honest, think, I don't remember. I'm but pretty I sure I did. But just in case, I saw the uh, death of Stalin. was really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also saw the Lego movie 2, the second part. Um <laughs> Enjoyable, but not as charming as the first one. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of... I feel like they kind of uh, used all of their ideas in the first one, and then this one was just kind of rehashing a lot of them. And it wasn't bad. It had a, enough different stuff uh, yeah. to be entertaining. But, you know, the first one is actually relatively 
good. Like it's really, I would say, really good. Um, this one was just okay. Um, it's also one of those movies that didn't really need a sequel, did it? No, no. I mean, it's a kids movie, and it's yeah, a kids movie that parents can kind of enjoy. So, I mean, me um, personally, I would have rather just another Lego spinoff movie, like the yeah, Batman. Like, oh, the the Lego Batman. Uh, did you see Lego Ninjago? I didn't actually. Yeah, I, I've been meaning to see it. I just haven't gone around to it. I, I heard think, that one's pretty good too. But. I think that came out around the time I moved to Virginia, so I didn't really. Yeah, I think you're right. But uh, yeah, Lego Batman was great. So uh, I, I kind of wish they did the same thing too. But um, you know, I'm not surprised they made a sequel. Yeah. Uh, then I saw Cold Pursuit with Liam Neeson, uh, <laughs> where he just kills a bunch of people for Does his son dying. Taken with snow. Taken with snow and. Instead of his kid being taken, his kid's straight up dead. Um, straight up took his life. Yeah, it's not bad. It's, I feel like it tried to be more artsy than it should have. Yeah. Like, it had a feeling of, like, a, a independent movie, but, like, the subject matter and writing of a B-action movie. Yeah. Um, so I kind of wish they went more with the B-action movie route than... Uh, you know, artsy, but it was, it was very, uh, you know, it was different. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, there were some parts that were way different than I expected. So I enjoyed it for that. And then the last movie I saw was Alita battle angel. How was that? I really didn't want to see that. It's not that I did see it. I'm just saying, yeah, it's better than I thought it would be. Um, but I wouldn't see it again. Like I've seen enough. Um, the action sequences specifically, they have this thing called uh motorball. It's essentially like, um, <laughs> the best way I can describe it is like Quidditch on motorized roller skates. <laughs> um, but it's nothing like Quidditch, but like yeah, there's, there's that's no the best way you could describe yeah, it. There's no real sports that are anything like it either. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like. Yeah, Quidditch on roller, motorized roller skates. Those sequences <laughs> were really cool. Um, and there were a few cameos that were pretty cool to see. But, uh, you know, overall, nothing to write, write home about. Yeah. Um, which is a weird saying. Someone brought that to my attention. I say that a lot. And it is a very weird saying. Like, even if I saw a great movie, I wouldn't write home about it. Um, well, I think it mattered more back in its time when it was probably quoted. Yeah, but, yeah uh, you're probably right. Back now when it's like, writing letters nothing was, to text home about. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to call and talk to my mom about. <laughs> there are a lot of things that I, I do talk to, not my parents, but just people about that I enjoy. So. Hey, Mom, have you ever heard of Quidditch? <laughs> Imagine that on roller skates. But yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> that's uh yeah those are the movies i saw the two weeks as kind of a light two weeks for me you're not wrong that wasn't a lot of movies yeah i i was actually shocked seeing that it was only three uh but yeah let's get into it shall we let's get into don't worry he won't get far on uh, foot all right john do you want to tell us about your drinking well i started drinking when i was uh, 13 i liked it a lot and i never stopped people say we got it made don't they know we're so afraid this doesn't just go away you have to fight with it or you'll die so Really profound just happened to me, man. So, I picked this movie two weeks ago. 
Mainly, and I'll admit this right now, because I saw Jack Black. That's the main reason. How was, disappointed were you? I know. <laughs> I was so sad. Uh, not not that it was a bad movie or anything. It's just I he's, was he's like, not in it that I really, long. I really, he had two, two, three scenes maybe in it. Yeah. Um, but this uh, this movie is it's got uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Jonah Hill, Rooney Mara, uh, just a very small dose of Jack Black, uh, and it is a <clears throat> synopsis here on the rocky path to sobriety after a life changing accident john callahan discovers the healing power of art willing his injured hands into drawing hilarious often controversial cartoons which bring him a new lease on life i i actually forgot about the synopsis until uh i started watching the movie and i was like oh that's not what i was expecting at all (laughs) um did this guy make that other movie with joaquin phoenix in it gus van sant yeah what what movie what other movie with joaquin phoenix I'm trying to... It was more like a 70s style movie, and, and I can't for the life of me remember the name. I I'm trying am to look it relatively up. certain that Gus Van Sant has only worked with Joaquin Phoenix on this movie. Uh, I could be mistaken. Inherit Vice, was it? Oh, no. That was Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> oh, okay. No. But uh, I, I, I kind of get where you're coming at. It's a, it's a it, similar... It, it felt like the same vibe, but... Yeah, I think that's just because they both movies really captured the feel of a 70s movie really yeah. well. Um, I mean, the, the subject matter and themes are nothing alike, but the, yeah. the overall tone of the movie is very I, similar. I had never actually even seen an air yeah. vice either. But yeah, I, I want to preface our, our conversation about this and Embrace of the Serpent by saying... Uh, before we start recording, Glenn and I both mentioned that we don't have much to say about either of these movies. So this might be a short episode. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, just, you know, either mm-hmm. things have already been said or we just don't have much to say about them. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we even start recording, I said that I had watched both of these movies super casually. Usually we take notes. Uh, I didn't take any notes. It's been a, it's been a crazy week. So I was just like, I just want to watch these movies, man. Yeah. Just want to watch them. Yeah, sometimes you just got to watch a movie, not worry about notes, and uh, just, uh, you know, pull things out of your ass while, while talking yeah, about them. For real. <laughs> so now we're going we're gonna to do a little magic trick. We're going to pull some shit out of our ass. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, so I don't know how you feel about Gus Van Sant's uh, other work. Um, most notably, he is known for goodwill hunting. Um, but so then say, he, I think that's probably the only one I actually know. Yeah, he, he did the the shot for shot remake of Psycho, Elephant. <laughs> that was uh, him. Yeah, last uh, last days. Poor guy. Um, Milk, Restless, Promised Land, Sea of Trees, and then you know a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, um, I know I know some of his other works. I have not seen them yeah, though. He's a very polarizing director, even from movie to movie like i love some of his movies like goodwill hunting um elephant uh milk was really good i a lot of people didn't like it but i really enjoyed the sea of trees but then there's other movies that he does like last days and um the shot for shot remake of psycho and, mm-hmm. and he's just a very back and forth director where a movie is either really great or just really boring or pretentious yeah. And, uh, you know, this one I thought was a, a good middle ground, which I hadn't seen from him. Uh, not to say that he's never done like a, a, you know, a safe in the middle movie. Uh, but this was probably his least um, ingenuitive 
yeah, this was artistic more of the safe style. in the middle movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. You know, it's, it's. Uh, I, there was nothing super stand out ish about it. That, that's a terrible way to put it. But like, nothing really stood out. And yeah, um, I mean, I think the most thing that stood out about it all is the the main guy. He was a real person. He, the yeah. story was John written Callahan. by him. Yep, uh, he wrote the book, and this is based yeah. off him. And you would you'll recognize his uh, cartoon style when you watch the. Oh, oh yeah, immediately. Like I, I didn't know his name, but I definitely had seen some of his cartoons throughout my life. Um, and you know, I think they're all pretty funny, but I could see why some people think they're controversial. Some people um, just can't take a joke. Yeah, really. Uh, Walking Phoenix did an excellent job playing John Callahan. Um, my one nitpick about his character is that this might have been on purpose, but like he wasn't very likable before he became paralyzed. Yeah. So you didn't really connect to his character in a way that I felt like you probably should have when he became mm-hmm. paralyzed. It took pretty much like two thirds of the movie for you actually to be on his side, yeah. which again could have been on purpose, but um, you know, I, it just took me a while to actually start caring about his character. And uh, I feel like, you know, maybe they did that to be truthful to who he is, but I feel like they could have done a better job with that. Yeah. Um, I think my, Main gripe with this movie is, uh, I won't go there yet. Never mind. I'll I'll I'll, I'll say that in a little bit. But uh, okay, I really did enjoy Joaquin Phoenix. He's pretty much good in everything he's in, especially this year. Uh, you know, he he did a lot of really good. I mean, obviously he's uh, I think he's just paraplegic. I don't think he's yeah. He uses his hands, so he's paraplegic in this. Uh, he has limited function of his hands. But he he technically is not quadriplegic. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did really good body work with that um yeah you know i i had no problem believing that he was paralyzed from the waist down um you know a, a lot of the things that they shot like when he was in the hospital and found out he was paralyzed mm-hmm. they didn't take the camera off him and you just see him in real time reacting to what is happening and yeah um even though you didn't really connect to his character at that point that was just a really tough way for them to uh to show it, you know, just yeah, especially him. when they uh, deliver the Jack Black walk. They we were both driving. They uh, both got into an accident in the car, and then you hear that Jack Black got away without really a scratch. And yeah, then he's yeah. just and he was up. the one driving too, right? Yeah, Jack Black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so while Jack Black is not in it much, his character is essentially the main reason the entire movie happens, um, for better or for worse, and. Uh, he he did a great job, you know. It's a good um, combination of comedic and dramatic performance by Jack yeah. Black, um, and, and I thought he, he was a great he, choice. He's for it. maybe in it for ten minutes, maybe. Yeah. Honestly, they're like <clears throat> the ten best minutes of the entire movie, though. Um, well, that's anytime Jack Black's in. It. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I I think uh, Jonah Hill is also in it. He's he's in it um, probably. Definitely more than Jack Black, and oh, yeah. uh, he plays um, Joaquin Phoenix's sponsor at at uh, AA, and uh, you know he's. Um, did they say outright if he's homosexual? I can't remember. Yes, pretty they much. Do. That's right. Um, and but you know he he. 
I think this movie takes place in the 80s. If not, it's very close to the time when like the AIDS. I think it's late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, it's it's when the the AIDS epidemic was happening, and um, you just kind of get that 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 tension through his character about that whole thing, you know. Um, I, again, I watched it two weeks ago and, and took a little notes. Uh, did they mention the like anyone with AIDS in that, or am I making that up? Uh, the, he brought it up eventually. Yes, Joe yeah, Hill's there, character. There's a, the, when he's sitting on the bench, right? Yes, and he's yes. like having like an emotional breakdown, kind of. But um, I thought I, I want to say two things real quick. Yeah, sure. Uh, Jonah Hill's character. I, I feel well, not character, but himself. I feel mm-hmm. like he had the most fun in this movie. Definitely. We're just like, I'm sitting there like, he's got to be loving this right now. Mm-hmm. He's having, I feel like he's having the most fun in this movie right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Jonah Hill. And then I'm glad you brought up whether or not it was the 70s or 80s, because this was my gripe that I had a little bit earlier that I wanted to wait for. Because um, they go to his character back before the accident, back before everything happened. And I'm, I'm assuming it's, Again, the mid or mid seventies, late seventies, early eighties, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think you really get a time. I don't think it really tells you, but you kind of yeah. get it from from the background and everything like that. Um, and this is this was my gripe after the accident happened, and he's going through all these things. Again, you still don't get a timeline as what's happening, so mm-hmm. it kind of looks like it's just happening day to day. Instead, like maybe a few years have passed or something like that. Yeah. All it's really changing is his haircut. Cause Joaquin Phoenix still looks like Joaquin Phoenix the whole time. Instead yeah. Of like a younger version of him or something. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't show the passage of time very well. Yeah. Cause it, at, at one point he's saying that I was just a kid. Like he's making up as Jonah Hill would say in like his excuses. He's like, I was just a kid. That's why I was doing these things. But like, he looks just like he did when he was in the wheelchair or whatever. Uh, yeah. that, that was my gripe. Uh, I'm no, sure they I, I might agree. have. I might have missed it, but that was my main gripe with it. No, I feel like I, with especially with how much he grew over the the time. Yeah, uh, I, it had to have taken place over at least five or six years. Yeah. Um. And y- you're you're absolutely right. It they they didn't show the passage of time very well, um, which may have been to avoid confusion but i feel like it just kind of added more confusion yeah i mean to um, me to me at least i don't know yeah no but me as well like i i felt that way as well i completely feel like again this movie was enjoyable but i completely feel like they wasted rooney mara yeah. in this um she was essentially there as kind of like a conquest for walking phoenix and didn't have much character development uh, yeah a significant other when really he needed him at the time or exactly her at the time. and again that might have been trying to stay truthful to what actually happened but like i didn't really see any reason for her to character to be there um other than to show that he was still sexually active like there's really no reason for her yeah. to be there um and rooney mar is a great actress so i felt like they completely wasted her in that in that mm-hmm. sense uh I w- i'm kind of curious to see if there's you know, deleted scenes that she has a more in-depth character that they they deleted, um, or if well, that's it, just how it, it made, is. It made sense in the beginning, like why she would be around, but then she kind of just disappears, and then like they, I guess they explain it. Yeah. When he's in the library, and she, by the way, she just pops up in a library. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. he's there. Yeah. Um, really. But then she's like a flight attendant or something, and that's mm-hmm. why I guess she hasn't been around. But uh, that's, yeah, she goes I guess from being a nurse be, to a flight attendant. Like, yeah. 
that, so I that, guess that's their explanation. Weird. Yeah, it, it seemed weird that she would go from being a nurse to a flight attendant, and I, yeah. I, I thought that was. Again, it might uh, be truthful, uh, but it was just a uh, yeah, just a little observation. Yeah. But yeah, Rooney Mara when she popped up, I was like, "Is that Rooney Mara?" Yeah. I mean, okay? like she's she's so unimportant to the the whole story overall that she's not even she's barely in the trailer, if at all. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I just really I really felt like they uh they wasted her. Um, yeah, yeah. I just I, I'm on IMDb's page, and uh, uh, they got like a little video thing going on, and uh, the kid from mid '90s is in this movie too. And I just saw him. I was like. When I was watching the movie and saw him, I was like, maybe this is where Jonah Hill got that kid for the mid nineties movie. It probably is. <laughs> uh, yeah, overall, yeah, I don't have much too much more to say about it. Overall, it's a it's a decent movie. Um, it's definitely one of Gus Van Sant's mo- most more digestible movies. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a good story. Uh, I think I do have minor gripes with it, but overall, it's decent. I think for me, the overall. Uh, it, it is a good casual movie. It is. I'm kind of glad that I didn't have to write notes or anything about it because it it was a good casual movie. It's maybe not one I'd go and search for, uh, but yeah. if you're just passing, you're like, oh, Joaquin Phoenix, oh, Jack Black for ten minutes. Okay, yeah, why not? Um, it, it was a very powerful story for the man himself. Um, mm. The guy had alcohol issues. He was adopted. Family issues, stuff like that. Yeah. So overall, the powerful. Wow, the powerful. The story was powerful. (laughs) Um, And you got to see that struggle a lot, and it was very cool to see him rise above all that. And then even with this paraplegic issue that he has, he still found a meaning in life and lived lived for a good while, too. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was very cool. Um, It was a good casual watch overall. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's definitely one to check out, um, you know, uh, Jonah Hill's fantastic in it. Uh, I I am a little upset that you know because of when it was released, Jonah Hill didn't get much going around his performance, but his performance was fantastic. Oh, yeah. I he feel was, like he, like I said, he was loving it. He had yeah, to yeah. I, I felt like he deserved a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more recognition for his work in the in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. You're just a human. Aren't you glad you met us? John doesn't like us. Well, of course I like you. You're crazy. (laughs) We like you too. Makes you get to know me. But let's move on to Embrace of the Serpent. Danyana Davi, Nukahenode, Iad, we go by Tanya, Dunamo, Unubikaite.
And I'm going to let you pronounce all of these names. Oh, wish me luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I don't have to. All right, let's 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 try this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> written by Kiro Guerra, uh, based on the diary of Theodore Kalk Grunberg and is Richard it, Evan Schultz. Is, is it Kiro Guerra or Ciro Guerra? I, Kiro, Kiro Guerra, Ciro Guerra, uh, and also written by Jacques Tumonde Vidal. Oh, my God, these people. They have great names, but... Uh, when I say these people, I mean my terrible American education. Uh, also directed by Kiro or Cyril Guerra, uh, starring Neil B. O. Torres, Antonio Bolivar, Jan Bijovet, uh, Brian Davis. That guy's American, so if that's not pronounced Brian, I don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> well, that was a ride. Um, if, you, if you want, I can try as well. Uh, I mean, if you want to, go for it. <laughs> Welcome to KFI, everybody. Uh, directed by Ciro Guerra. Uh, writer's credits are Ciro Guerra, Theodore uh, Koshkonberg, uh, Richard Evan Schultz, and Jacques Telemonde Videl. Uh, stars as young Karmakate, uh, Nilobia, 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 Nick. <laughs> Torres I'm done We're done butchering That's okay. great Anyway Embrace of fun. the Serpent Tells the story Of the relationship rela- Oh my gosh <laughs> Relationship between Karamakate An Amazonian shaman And last survivor Of his people And two scientists Who work together Over the course of 40 years To search the Amazon For a, a sacred healing plant and there we go. <laughs> uh, I first saw this movie a little less than two years ago. Um, you know, we we had talked before how you and I wanted to see this movie together, and it just wasn't in theaters long enough for us to plan. Hold your horses uh, for a second. It. Okay. So when I was watching this movie, I was looking at the IMDb, IMDb page, right? Mm-hmm. And it says 2015. It does not feel that old. Not that four years is old. Well, but I mean, it didn't feel like four years ago. We were like, "Oh man, we should probably go see that movie." It was probably released. Oh no, uh, hold on. It was released in America, not in a film festival. In hold, hold, holding uh, right. February twenty sixteen. Okay, still three years ago. It felt like two years ago. Maybe yeah. we were talking about this movie. Yeah. It, it, I, I mean, that was a limited release, and you know, with uh, limited releases, they kind of stagger it. Yeah. So by the time we saw and heard about it, it might have been late 2016. But yeah, it, it really doesn't feel that long ago. Um, and it, honestly, it doesn't feel that lo- like I watched it l- almost two years ago because I it feels like I watched it for the first time last year. Yeah. Um, but that's that's it, all I had to say. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, we we wanted to see this together, and uh, when I saw it, it just completely blew me away. Uh, I couldn't stop talking about it for like two weeks. I wanted to tell everyone about it, and every <laughs> now and then, if it gets brought up in a conversation, anyone I'm talking to, I'm like, "You got to see this movie. It's great." Uh, and I hope it lived up to that. 
It did. Okay. I was just, <laughs> your silence scared me for a second. I'm not going to lie. I had to burp a little. Me too. I was, I was so built up. <laughs> uh, no, this movie was fantastic. Uh, it was not not saying these two movies are comparable, but it was a lot better than my movie. Uh, even even though I had to read, I was still very yeah. happy with it. I mean, you beat me two weeks in a row with your movie choices, so I had to I had to pull out the big guns. Yeah, it was it was time. <laughs> yeah, it was time. Uh, but a lot of this is shot in heavy jungle uh, and has a lot of steady cam work, and I am just amazed at the steady cam work in this because they they go through such thick jungle mm-hmm. and. I don't know how many takes they did or if they did any takes or if they just had a beast of a cam op, but he like it was just it seemed flawless with, uh, you know, it wasn't shaky, um, which is kind of the point of a steady cam. But even with steady cams in, in like heavy terrain like that, it, it's it's hard to keep it. It's a, it's a difficult smooth. thing. Smooth. Yeah. Um, and I just thought this whole movie did a really good job at like putting you in in the scene with them like a a lot of the music just feels like tribal music that you would hear around a campfire Mm -hmm. uh there is some music that's you know a little more produced but for the most part it's it's just like drums and uh flutes and people chanting and it it really did a good job at like holding everything together uh um I was just reading something and now my train of thought is gone. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie is absolutely this this movie. Not saying they're the same uh, is what I wanted more of Jungle to be like. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, just just how dedicated it is to the, the setting around it and everything like that. Yeah, and not, and de- not the de- jungle de- obviously wasn't about yeah. that, but it had too much other things going on to really be about that. And it's, it's really dedicated to showing, uh, you know, like the native tribes of South America as human, you know, we, we, I've talked about it before where a lot of movies, especially, um, you know, European movies, the natives are just like a setting or a backdrop to exactly whatever the white person wants. But Karamakate, both young and old, is at the forefront of this entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he has he has like a depth and relatability to his character that we don't really see in movies, and we should see more. Um, because essentially, he he's he secludes himself from the rest of the world because of how, uh, you know, Europeans and, and white people have treated his tribes. You know, they talk a lot about the, uh, the, the rubber. Is he's not wrong. He's not wrong. They talk a lot about, like, the, the rubber. Um, From the trees. Yeah. The, the What's the word they use? They're not tycoons, but, like. Rubber barons. Rubber barons, yeah. They come in and, like, essentially turn tribal people into slaves to get them to get the rubber out of the tree. Um, and you, you see a lot of that where like in one scene, there's this, this guy, uh, you know, Kramakate is kind of upset at the fact that they're like, they're just draining rubber out of these trees. So he knocks over all these buckets and then there's one tribal guy with, uh, one arm. And I think he's missing an eye too comes and he's like crying and, and begging to be killed because he knows he's going to be killed by the rubber barons. Um, because you know, they knocked his rubber over. 
Yeah. And it's it's just that's a, that's a weird sentence to say, but in in well, yeah, context, yeah. In, in context, <laughs> it's just rubber over. Yeah, it's 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 not processed rubber. It's like liquefied, so it's yeah, not actual. You absolutely feel for every one of these characters, uh, the native people especially, yeah. because of these business tycoons taking yeah. over. The, the jungle really yeah definitely and the thing i liked about it and you i i can only imagine that the diaries of uh theo and uh evan the two uh guys the white guys that the, this movie's based on their diaries um i can only imagine that they're the reason that it was so you know respectful of these these tribes and these people because you really felt like the love there, like especially with Theo, because he has he has more interaction with tribal members than Evan does. Yeah, um, you really feel like he respects these people and he just wants to learn about them. He doesn't want to change who they are. He wants to learn about them. In fact, in one scene, he gets angry because one of the tribe people steals his compass and he's not angry because they stole his compass, but he's angry because they're going to lose the way that they navigate because they have the compass now. Like, yeah. he, he doesn't want them to lose. And it kind of brings up this good idea. This uh, Karamakate brings up a question in that part where he's like, you can't keep them from learning. and Or they don't need your permission to learn or something like that. Yeah, you can't and, keep and, them from and learning. And it, it really kind of th- throws you off in a way. Because, like, yeah, you don't want them to lose the way they've been doing it for centuries. But also, you he doesn't have the right to tell them not to learn. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really just like, it, it brings like a lot of emotions out where you're not sure if who's right in that sense. I mean, they're both kind of right. It, 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 it will be sad when the last person who knows how to navigate the way they used to dies and no one knows how to do it anymore. But then they also have a more efficient way with the compass. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's pretty, uh, it's, you know, it's a polarizing question <laughs> it, it really is uh and that's that's what's great about this movie it makes you think about it uh, mm-hmm. it makes you feel for all the people all the natives and stuff like that it, you get to learn more about more than just uh karamakate or theo or evan yeah. you get to learn about like two or three or four different tribes in this movie and yeah, like you, their you, stories you learn about manduka who is uh kind of theo's servant mm-hmm. um and he's kind of like the middle ground between Theo and Karamakate, where Karamakate thinks that Manduka is a slave, but Manduka does that because he understands what Theo is trying to do. Yeah. Um, and he he used to be one of the Red Baron slaves, so now he understands. Rubber Baron, not Red yeah. Baron. Oh, did I say Red Baron? <laughs> you Snoopy's did say Red in Baron. this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, the Rubber Baron. <laughs> The rubber band, he's been a slave to them, so now he understands what's going on with these tribes. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, there's a lot of middle ground and just a lot of understanding with this movie, and it's it's so well done. Definitely. And the one, and the Karamakate is so smart in this, too. There's this one scene where uh, Theo, Manduka, and Karamakate stop at this um, mission, this Catholic mission there. And mm-hmm. like the Catholic priest there is essentially teaching these these tribal kids how to be more like him and, and everything. Yeah. And he hears Karamakate speak in his language. He says, there will be no uh, pagan languages here. And then Karamakate just in Latin recites scripture to him yep. and just does a fucking mic drop. 
Like it, the scripture like, oh. like, yeah, like don't judge or the, or or you'll be judged or something like that. Yeah. And it's just like that showed how intelligent he is. He doesn't just hate these people for what they did. He's actually tried to learn and tried to understand them and, and, you know, tried to hear out what they had to say. It's not that he just saw what they were doing and became prejudiced of all people like that. He actually knows who he's dealing with. Yeah. And that was just, that was just a, a super mic drop moment right there. This movie's so good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And it, it does a very good job of, because uh, you get basically two different timelines of Karamakate's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get his younger version, obviously, and then you get his older version, where yeah. the young version, he's with this scientist or explorer named Theo. And I guess I guess they did say scientist at one point. And then during the older version, uh, you're with this other researcher whose name is Evan. And at this point... Uh, it's obviously two very different points of his life. Absolutely. The, the, I'm, I'm pretty sure he has Alzheimer's because um, yeah. he ta- he talks about how he's just like a shell. He's not himself anymore. And then th- while they're on their journey, he's remembering who he was or is. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it's really kind of an emotional because he, he secluded himself. He kind of made himself forget who he was, and he's slowly remembering who yeah, he because, was. Because with the younger version, you get the, you get to this point of view for him where the, you, there's reasons that he feels the way that he does about Theo. And then when you get to the older version, he's like, I should have probably been better, and this is my redemption for you, Evan. Yeah. And it, 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 was, it was a very nice uh, circle of life. Because I had no other better word for it. Circle of story. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I, I really appreciated this movie. How so dare you I. make me feel um, feelings. <laughs> uh, the uh, thing that I liked as well, there's this one part um, where it's it's when the old, it's kind of um, the older Karamakate finding out about like the bad parts of their religion again they find this um kind of cult that's come uh come to be where this guy is told people he's the messiah and has uh anytime someone crosses him invites them to commit suicide which is Mm -hmm. essentially forcing them to commit suicide um if they don't listen to him so it is really like a cult and the cult practices like cannibalism and stuff like that and and he believes um, it too that he is the messiah yeah he does believe it and it's really like Kramakate seeing the worst of both worlds combined. You know, the cannibalism that the, the some of the tribes had. He like they sh- obviously not all tribes pr- practice cannibalism, but some yeah. did. Um, so it's the worst of that world and the whole uh, power struggle religious aspect of the European world coming together and just creating this chaotic mess of uh, you know just the worst situation the worst of both worlds um also that whole part of the movie was nuts it was nuts it was shot incredibly well as <laughs> yeah, well it was like it's it kind of turns into a horror movie for like 10 15 minutes but it works like it doesn't feel out of the out of place but it, it's definitely different from the rest of the movie yeah because you could believe that would be in in that setting yeah like you would believe you could come across something like that yeah the thing I, I read about this um, as well, the, the crew really had a, you know, respectability for the uh, 
the tribes to the point where before they went to film, they met with tribal members, told them what they were trying to accomplish, kind of showed them the script and everything that they were trying to do. Um, and then, you know, with the indigenous people's permission, got the their uh, OK to, to film in their area. And the indigenous people actually performed sacred rituals to, to protect the crew. And because of this, you think they're they're filming deep in the jungle. You think there'd be accidents and like weather problems yeah. and everything. And because of this, they actually had no accidents and no illnesses or injuries the whole shoot and were on schedule the entire time. That's like, actually insane to think that like even just mosquitoes alone. That would yeah. be like a thing. Yeah, like you, you would get some kind of illness from mosquitoes alone. Yeah. But yeah, like not a single person got sick the entire shoot. They never lost a day of schedule. And uh, it's actually amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it kind of makes you wonder. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, but this, you know, just to reiterate, this movie just is the, the respect that it has for the people it's dealing with is just so apparent and it, it's really the best part of this movie and it's yeah. bec- for that alone you should watch it uh let alone the great story that it tells mm-hmm. it's it's a fantastic story it's based on a true story um of uh based on the diaries of theodore Koch Ber- grunberg there and, we go and uh the other guy who i'm loading it hold on and uh richard evan schultz how oh, it's not that hard to say but uh yeah, it's just a great movie, and I feel more people should get to see it. My only takeaway for this movie, only one, is that we didn't get to see it in theaters. Yeah. Oh, that would have been amazing to see in theaters. Absolutely. I, I wish we had had that uh, opportunity. The whole time I'm sitting, I'm watching it on my computer, uh, and I'm just like, you know, this doesn't do anything justice here. I need, we should have seen it on the big screen. Yeah, we really should. So that, that was just uh, for next time. We'll know not to uh, to miss it. Yeah. <laughs> This is madness. Soñar no miedo. For these to go onto the shelves, we both need to unanimously agree that they are worthy of the KFR shelf. Glenjamin, let's start with Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. Although, yes, a funny movie, very, very uh, heart straining at certain points, powerful story. I do feel like this was just a good casual watch instead of, wow, I need to take this off the shelf, look at it, smooch it a little bit, put it back on that shelf. 
Or just show people. That, that's too. <laughs> Whichever one you want to do. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's a uh, it's a great movie. Not 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 a great movie. It's a good movie. I didn't mean to use the word great. Um, it's uh, worth a watch. But you know, if you don't watch it, you're not missing out. Nothing, nothing super important about it. Nothing amazing about it it's just uh it's a good movie good good uh way to pass the time but yeah i I would agree it's not going on the shelf so and then we move on to embrace of the serpent embrace of the serpents uh this is probably (laughs) one of the best foreign language movies i've ever seen Mm -hmm. um i it, it is so well made it has such an artistry to it uh such a style to it that you know it 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 is its own thing like i can't think of any movie that's similar to it the closest thing i can think of is 2001 a space odyssey and that's just because of the drug trip at the end um but (laughs) other yeah other than that i can't really compare this to anything else and it's really it stands alone as its own thing so because of that i will say yes it does deserve to be on the shelf well, here's the difference between me and you, Mike. Mm. I'm I'm going to put it on the shelf. <laughs> I'm going to take it off the shelf. I'm going to smooch it a little bit. Put it back <laughs> on the shelf. Maybe I'll show it to somebody. This is my little secret. This is my dirty little secret. <laughs> I'm absolutely putting that bad boy on the shelf. Uh, I like how you're going to smooch it, though. Uh, I'm glad you said yes, because honestly, I was a little nervous of how you would feel about this when I recommended it, but... No, it's a fantastic movie. And I watched it at 8 a.m. Don't worry, he won't get far on foot. Does not make it on the shelf. Embrace of the Serpent does make it on the shelf. So we have another addition to our KFR shelf. Uh, but yeah, that is it for those two movies. But we got two more movies for next week. Uh, I think I usually make you go first, Clint. So I'll go first with mine. Oh, wow. Okay. My my movie is available to watch on Netflix. It is written and directed by Trey Edward Schultz, who uh, some of you may know as the director and writer of It Comes at Night. Oh. Um, it's uh, his first movie, and it's starring Krisha Fairchild, Alex Dobranko, Robin Fairchild, and Chris Dubeck. Uh, none of those people who I've heard of. Um and it's called Krisha. It tells the story of Krisha returns for Thanksgiving dinner after 10 years away from her family, but past demons threaten to ruin the festivities. Um, so, yeah, this is a movie I've been meaning to see ever since I heard about uh, It Comes at Night. And, you know, it's just been hard to get a hold of. But it's now on Netflix, and I just saw that today. So we're going to watch it. I'll be honest. It took me a minute to figure out how to spell Krisha, but I yeah. found it. Yeah. Uh, all right. It sounds Sounds good to me. Yeah, I liked. Uh, I liked. Uh, it comes at night a lot. Come, me too. Uh, couldn't remember the name of it, even though he said it like three different times. But I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. Okay, for me, my movie is also on Netflix. Look at that Netflix sponsors, please hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> we have ten regular listeners, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my movie is directed by Marty Noxon. Knocks on, knock, whatever. Uh, sorry, Marty. Uh, stars Rebecca Kennedy, Lily Collins, Dana L. Wilson, and a little, little nice little drop there, and Keanu Reeves. Mm. This movie's called To the Bone. 
a young woman dealing with anorexia meets an unconventional doctor who challenges her to face her condition and embrace life. Ooh. Ooh. To the bone. I actually heard about this movie. I'm, I'm interested in seeing it. Um, I feel Lily Collins kind of gets a bad rap because she's in a lot of, uh, you know, teen teen <laughs> bot movies. Um, the Mortal Instruments. Yeah. Uh, mirror, but, mirror, abduction. Yeah. The few things she's been in that have actually had some weight to them, I, th- I feel like she's been really good. Um, so I'm excited to see this. And it looks like even at her skinny ridiculousness, they either gave her some crazy good makeup to make her look skinnier yeah. or she actually lost weight, which uh, I'm hoping that it didn't. Hopefully she didn't go full machinist, but <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Really. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this. I'm looking forward to both these movies. It's going to be a good week, I think. Good. I hope so, too. Yeah. Yeah. So that will do it for this week. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Instagram at Keystone underscore film underscore review. We are also on Facebook at Facebook. Uh, Facebook at Keystone Film Review. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Letterboxd. I am Mike KFR. And I'm Glenn KFR. And that will do it for next week when we watch To the Bone and Krisha. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>